Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Road trips are something we all hold dear in our hearts. Whether it's something for fun or something for work, we can make great memories at every turn. But with that, we can also drive into danger. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today, we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true road trip horror stories that will freak you out tonight. Joining me today reading one of these stories is my new friend, Interscare. If you're a fan of horror stories and all kinds of cool stuff like that, be sure to check out their channel. You can find a link to do so in the description. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below or at r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. Now. Without further ado, let's jump right into these allegedly true road trip horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Smith Family Road Trip by The Smiths The Smith family have been planning their road trip for quite some time eager to escape the life's busy hustle and bustle and spend quality time together. As they drove down the deserted highway, the sun slowly was setting behind them. They felt a sense of excitement mixed in with trepidation. As night fell, they pulled off the highway and onto a dark, winding country road. The trees loomed overhead, casting long shadows over the car, and the air grew cold and damp. Suddenly, the car's headlights flickered, and then went out entirely. Panic set in as the Smiths realized they were stranded in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service or other cars for miles. They tried the radio, but all they heard was static. They decided to wait until morning to figure out what was going on with the vehicle. As they settled in for the night, strange things began to happen around them. They heard footsteps outside the car at first, but no one was out there every time they looked out the windows. They heard whispers and laughter coming from the woods, but whenever they would investigate and they never found anything. Then, the Smiths began to notice something genuinely terrifying. A figure stood just beyond the reach of the headlights, watching them. It was tall and thin, with long, bony fingers, glowing red eyes. It, it didn't move or make a sound, but its presence was suffocating enough. The family huddled together in the car, too scared to move or speak. As the family lingered outside the car for hours, finally it could disappear into the woods, and the Smiths took off down the road as fast as they could. But the horror wasn't over there. The car started to shake violently. The Smiths began to hear strange growling noises from under the hood. Suddenly the car lurched to a stop, and the family found themselves surrounded by a pack of snarling hungry wolves. They were trapped. With no way out, the Smiths could hear the wolves tearing at the car, and they knew it was only a matter of time before they broke in entirely and were ripping them to shreds. In a last-ditch effort to save themselves, the family huddled together and prayed for a miracle. 
and as if somebody was actually answering their prayers, the car's headlights suddenly flickered back on. The wolves scattered, and the smiths began to speed away, hearts pounding with fear and relief. As they drove away from the horror they had just experienced, the smiths knew they would never forget the terror of their family road trip gone wrong. My Brush With Death by James S. This story is one that still freaks me out to this day, so I drive for a medical transportation company. We drive elderly and disabled people to appointments, shopping, home from the hospital, etc. In my line of work, it's a rare but unfortunate eventuality that our clients will pass away. This usually happens in sets of three. My week started as usual. I was driving around on a fairly busy day, I headed to pick up a VA hospital client and take them to their appointment. I show up and the whole place is busy. People are everywhere dressed in black. I continue to walk up to the front desk and tell them I'm here to pick up so-and-so. The nurse at the desk goes white in the face. She informed me that the client I was there to pick up passed away 20 minutes before I showed up. That was sad news and I had to tell my boss. The rest of my day went on as usual. Tuesday came around and I had the day off. Wednesday, I start my job and work late into the evening when I get the terrible news that I am taking a lady to spend the night with her husband from one nursing home to another. They didn't expect him to last through the night. I dropped her off and get a sinking feeling in my stomach. I know that when one partner of an elderly couple dies, the other usually follows. Knowing this, I was worried that she would be the next, as they always happen in sets of three. Thursday came around, and I got the news that her husband had passed but she and her family were doing okay. Thursday goes by pretty well. I take one of our clients from the hospital and tell him to take care of himself and take it easy. Nothing else happens until late Friday night. I get called at 2 a.m. to pick up someone from the hospital and take them back home to the next town over. I get in my van and head to St. Mary's Hospital. As I head to the hospital, I notice it's getting foggy. I pull into the hospital and the whole place is covered in a dense fog. This is creepy and I think to myself as I want to get home and go back to sleep. So I enter the ER to pick her up. She was a lovely elderly lady. I wheel my wheelchair into the room so that the nurse can help her into it. She smiles at me and asks if I'm there to take her to heaven. I smile and tell her no, I'm there to take her home. I was trying not to show that I was creeped out by her question. She's charming and keeps complimenting me the entire time I drive her home. In this dense fog, that seems very unnatural. After 30 minutes, I pull into her driveway and drop my lift as I unload her and help her into the house. She thanked me for the 100th time. I tell her to have a good night. As I put up my lift, I get a chill down my spine. The fog is very dense, so I get in my van and head to catch Interstate 70, but I soon notice I have yet to see the ramp to the interstate. I pull over and get out as the fog starts to dissipate. I then realize I am not on the interstate, but on the way back to town. How could I have gotten out this way? I turned right, not left. I was baffled, but just wanted to get home. So I continued driving and got home to go to bed. I had Saturday off. And Sunday, as I was working, I got a call from my boss letting me know that the guy I took home Thursday had gone by ambulance Friday and was in a coma. They let me know he passed away early Sunday morning. That was hard to hear, and I was unprepared for the following news. 
The lady I took home Friday night had passed away and was found by her caregiver a few hours after I dropped her off. This hit me hard and freaked me out that there were four people in one week. I was freaked out and was worried I might have it happen again. Am I the death taxi? No. Or I hope not. But this experience got to me. A Ghost Haunts This Highway by Anonymous The Johnson family was on a road trip driving down a lonely highway at night. The moon was complete and the stars were out, casting an eerie glow over the landscape. The road seemed to stretch forever, with no sign of civilization. Suddenly, the car's headlights illuminated a figure on the side of the road. It was what looked to be a woman dressed in an old-fashioned gown with long, flowing hair. Mrs. Johnson gasped and asked her husband to pull over, but as they got closer, the figure suddenly vanished into thin air. The family was spooked but decided to continue on their journey. As they drove on, strange things began to happen in more earnest. The radio would switch on by itself, and they could hear whispers and footsteps coming from the back seat. The children were scared and Mrs. Johnson was on the verge of tears. They realized that the woman they had seen on the side of the road was definitely a ghost. She had been killed in a car accident on the highway many years ago, and her spirits had been haunting the road ever since. The family tried to ignore the ghostly presence, but it became more and more persistent. The car's engine would suddenly fail, the headlights would flicker on and off, and they were trapped on this road with no escape from the ghost determined to torment them. Finally, the ghost revealed her true intentions. She wanted the family to suffer the same fate that she had, to die in a car accident on that same highway. The Johnsons were horrified and knew they had to escape quickly. They hit the gas pedal and sped down the street with the ghost chasing after them. But just as they thought they had escaped, they crashed into an abandoned car on the side of the road. The family was killed instantly, and, I'm assuming, their spirits joined their ghost haunting that highway for eternity. Why I Don't Drive at Night Anymore by Anthony W. I'm driving down a deserted highway, surrounded by dense forest on both sides. It's getting late, and the sun has already set. I'm on my way after visiting a friend, and I'm exhausted. As I make my way through the winding roads just trying to get home, I hear a strange noise from the engine. The car starts to slow down, and before I knew it, it's completely stopped entirely. I tried to start the car up again, but it was no use. I'm stranded in the middle of nowhere, with no cell phone signal and no other vehicles in sight. I slowly began to crawl into a panic, wondering what to do. As I sit there in the darkness, I begin to hear strange noises coming from the forest. It sounds like something is moving through the trees, but I can't see anything at all. My heart starts to race as I realize I'm completely alone out here, with no way to defend myself. I'm kicking myself knowing I should have brought at least a crowbar or something. Suddenly, I see something move out of the corner of my eye. It's a shadowy figure, creeping closer and closer to my car, ever so slightly. 
Frantically, I try to start the engine again, but again it won't move. The figure is now right outside my window. I can see that this thing is definitely not human. It's definitely some sort of monster or beast. Its eyes are glowing red. Its face is twisted into a grotesque grin. I scream, but there's no one around to hear me. As the creature tries to break through the window, I realize I'm trapped. There's no way out, and I'm entirely at the mercy of this... Well, whatever this is. I closed my eyes and prayed for a miracle. But the creature is gone when I open them again. I don't even know if it was real or just my imagination. But I don't care. Luckily, after I try to crank the car again, it luckily starts with a few sputters, and I drive away as fast as possible, vowing never to return to that cursed highway ever again. Dear Monster on the Highway by Anonymous As I drove down this deserted highway in the dead of night, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The darkness seemed to be closing in all around me, and I couldn't shake the feeling that something was following me. Out of nowhere, a flash of movement caught my eye in the distance. At first, I thought it was just a deer crossing the road. But, as it got closer, I realized it was something much more sinister. The creature looked like a deer, but it was much larger than any deer I had ever come across before in my lifetime. Its eyes glowed in unnatural light, and its antlers twisted and turned in ways that defied all reason. As the creature charged towards my car, I hit the gas pedal and tried to speed away. But no matter how fast I went, the monster seemed to keep up with ease its twisted antlers, scraping against the sides of my vehicles from time to time, sending absolute shivers down my spine. Panic set in as I realized that there was no escaping this creature. I tried to turn off onto a side road to lose it, but it was no use. The creature was right behind me no matter how much I bobbed and weaved, breathing hot breath on the back of my neck. As I looked in the rearview mirror, I could see the creature's glowing eyes staring back at me, and I swear this thing had a twisted smile on its monstrous face. I knew that no hope was left. I was trapped with no way out. In that exact moment, I could only pray for a quick end to my nightmare as the deer monster closed in on me with terrifying speed. The last thing I heard was the sound of its twisted antlers scraping up against the middle of my car as the world around me faded to black. The next morning, I woke up in a hospital and I had no idea how I got there. But apparently, first responders got to me after somebody called it in, and I had been saved just in the nick of time. All that was noticed or found at the scene was a small strip of deer fur. Greeting Swamp Dweller, I've got a story that's not horrifying but still concerning and creepy. So, to begin, this happened back in 2015 in the mountains of North Carolina on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I can't remember the exact area, but it occurred at one of the many outlooks along the parkway. At the time, my girlfriend and I were taking a road trip and decided to drive at night to avoid traffic and road construction delays. We made a few stops at the overlooks along the way, and we had been going for quite some time, and I had decided that the last tower we should encounter we would rest in the vehicle for a few hours, then continue. My truck at the time had a sunroof, so looking at the stars was a given, and we parked in a nice spot and got settled. 
we gazed at the stars for a couple of minutes, almost in a trance-like state, and soon we were both fast asleep. I somehow woke up, remembering I didn't lock the doors when something caught my peripherals. It was a shadowy tall figure that didn't look like a human being at all. The shadow figure reminded me of your typical grey alien, with dim glowing yellow eyes, almost like embers or hot coals from a hot fire. I rubbed my eyes thinking I was seeing things, but I was not, and it seemed to be growing taller. I couldn't move fast enough to crank the ignition and haul ass out of there, but I did just that, and as soon as I did so, my girlfriend shot wide awake asking me what was happening. As we burned out of the parking space and fled, I could see the figure move into the middle of the road behind us. I ripped around a hairpin corner, no longer in sight of that thing. My girlfriend asked me again and I told her I had seen something standing near the car that did not look like a human. She tried calming me down telling me to slow down, but when I did slow down some, I noticed there were headlights from another vehicle approaching from the rear at a fast speed. We had not seen a single car since sunset, and the blinding headlights were now a few feet behind my tail end. What is this guy's problem? My girlfriend said. I said they might see that thing too and wanted to get far away like us. Then just like that, the headlights vanished. I said as I glanced in the rearview mirror, tapping my brakes to illuminate the silhouette of a work van and a single occupant. Then the headlights came back on and inches off my bumper. I made a beeline exit to get off the parkway and head back towards Asheville or Waynesville. I can't quite remember which one, but so did the tailgater. Panic was setting in because we knew this van was now following us. I see an open gas station in the distance and floor it pushing our vehicle to about 100 miles per hour. I slowed my approach and pulled into a gas station outside the front doors. The van continues down the road, passing us, making us both sigh in relief. I asked my girlfriend what color the van was and if she got a good look at it. She nodded and said it was military tan with a very dark window tint. It looked like a work van of some sort. As we were able to get into the store, the van pulls up into the station, parking at a distance. My girlfriend screams that we need to get out of here, and quickly. I back the car out as fast as I can, lighting up the pavement again, and blow past the parked van, glancing at our pursuer. Have you ever seen that part in the Matrix where the agents begin to shift and morph? That's precisely what it looked like this person was doing. Again, I got the car up to speed, rolling a hot 100 miles per hour, trying to lose this, well, whatever this was. A solid minute or two passes and my gut says that the van is no longer back there and our speed outran it. I think it's time to finally head home. Sighing in relief, my girlfriend agreed. On the route back home, there wasn't much of any traffic. We had traveled almost 130 miles, but in the opposite traffic lanes, I saw an all too familiar van. It was the same one from that chase. How is that possible? I said, getting quite unnerved and antsy. My girlfriend said the same thing, telling me to stomp on the gas. I get off the highway and make a way for a police station. We make it to the station park and wait, trying to collect ourselves from this crazy episode. Across the street from the station, there was a car wash in a strip mall. My girlfriend speaks up and points in the direction of the strip mall, gasping, cursing. It's the same freaking van again. It was the same van from the highway, and then two more identical vans pulled up next to the one. We watched in horror as all these tall and dark figures emerged from the backs of the vans and began crossing the street in our direction. I laid on my horn and started flashing my lights. I tried to do anything I could to get the attention of the entire police station we were parked in front of, to which three officers came running out yelling seeing if we needed help. As I went to look back where the figures and vans were, there was nothing. 
just an empty, dark parking lot. Okay, so I'm a 31-year-old trucker, and you can call me Diego for privacy reasons. I come from a trucking family, and all of my cousins and uncles who drive big rigs down in Mexico have tons of paranormal trucking stories, as Mexico is very rich in paranormal activity. On the other hand, I don't have many stories. That is until today. At least related to trucking, that is. I am writing this a few hours after this has happened, so it's still fresh in my mind even though I doubt I'll ever forget today's events. So my run is mainly a trip from southeastern Wisconsin to southern Michigan and back. Now for context, once I enter Michigan, I get from the interstate and get on a rural country road, as my company prefers that we avoid toll roads to cut down on cost. They say the less we spend on tolls, the more we can pay our drivers. Anyway, on my way there, all is normal and everything is going well. I get to our drop yard and drop my loaded trailer for the following driver to take it to its final location. I look at my tablet and figure out what load I'm taking back with me. I hook up to the trailer and do my pre-trip inspection. Everything seems reasonable. I grab the paperwork for the load from the box in the front of the trailer and look through it. My company requires all shipments over a certain weight to be thoroughly looked at and certified on a scale to make sure the load is legal and not over the legal regulation weight. Well, I looked at the scale receipt and this one was not, so I contacted my company, and they instructed me to grab one of the four empty trailers and take that back to southeastern Wisconsin. This will be important later in the story. I walk in front of the trailers and slap each one until I hear that distinctive hollow sound indicating that it's empty. I do this to save time and not have to walk behind and open every single trailer. Once I found one that sounded like it might be empty, I grabbed my flashlight and started to do my pre-trip inspection on that trailer making sure there weren't any flat tires and all the lights worked, etc. I walked to the back to open the trailer shining my light in there to make sure it's empty, which it was, and surprisingly it was even swept out by the last driver, which is rare. Once all that was done, I turned on the Swamp Dweller podcast and returned to the road. About 45 minutes into my trip, I'm driving down the country road with my high beams on at least around 2am, and there were no other people on the road. As a matter of fact, I have woods on both sides of the road. This is where things get a little weird. I forgot to mention that there is an electrical storm, but there is no rain and you can't hear any thunder. I know this because I always ride with my window down. Anyway, the lightning lights up the sky every couple of seconds, and I admire how beautiful it lights up everything around me. As I come around a bend on the road in the distance, I see a person walking on the shoulder of the road. And as I approach him, he turns and waves as if to say hello. The person was a man. He was wearing a hard hat with neon green pants and a reflective vest of the same color. That is why I saw him from a reasonable distance away. But there was no construction anywhere in sight, before or beyond this point. And I know this because I passed through there on my way to my previous destination. As I got past him, I pressed on my brakes to illuminate the road behind me. At the same time, lightning struck up and lit up the area. I'm staring in my mirror, and this guy is gone. In a split second, he disappeared. I thought that was very weird, but I got over it and focused back on the road. About three minutes down the road, I hear three loud knocks on my trailer. I turn my radio down, and I try to listen closer, but I hear nothing after that and think that it must have just been a bump that I hit in the road. About five minutes later, I hear five loud knocks. 
again on my trailer and think it's very weird. Now I drive like this every single day and I'm used to it, so I wasn't tired or sleepy. I was wide awake so I can't blame it on that. I turn down my radio and keep it off at this point and try to listen. A couple of minutes later I hear five more very rapid hard knocks in my trailer again. As I've said I always knock on the trailers to see if they are empty or loaded and I recognize the sound quite well. So now I'm worried that I missed something when I checked the inside of the trailer. So I decided to pull over to the side of the road and open the trailer and check what was in there. As I slowed down and pulled over about a second later, maybe 25 feet in front of my truck, I see a huge tree fall on the road. At this point I got scared because it wasn't struck by lightning and there was no wind. I put my truck into gear and took off because as I said I was listening to Swamp Dweller before that and I was already on edge. My initial thought was whatever pushed over that tree, I don't want to stick around and meet it. So I drove around on the side of oncoming traffic, which there was none at that time of night thank god, and went around the tree. I pulled into the next truck stop and decided to find out what the hell was in my trailer. I grabbed my flashlight and go to check. I opened the door and shined my light and, well, there is absolutely nothing or anyone in there. I get back in my truck and start driving. I don't honestly know what to do. Giving it some thought, I realized that even though I saw that man out on the side of the road as clear as day, I couldn't see his face. And as I said, when I looked back, he had disappeared. And those knocks on my trailer were getting faster and louder every time as if it was some sort of sense of urgency, as if they wanted me to stop my truck. And if I didn't stop when I did, I might have been killed by that tree. At this point, I believe it was a spirit trying to stop me so the tree wouldn't smash my truck. Well, after that, when I got back to driving, I didn't hear the knocking anymore until I got to my destination, at which point I unhooked from the trailer and proceeded to do my post-trip inspection. And again, there was nothing or anyone in the trailer. So, I don't really know. I guess, thank you to the spirit for saving my life potentially. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to, what to say. This story scared the daylights out of me. Thank you for sharing my story if you do, Swamp Dweller. I'm a big fan of the show. I work emergency on the weekends at a very large veterinary hospital. My shift begins at 5am and I leave the house at 4.15am. Although I live in a very large midwestern city, it is always a drive-in on Sunday mornings. Very few of the city folk are out at that time. Many of them have gone to bed as it is for the weekend. That doesn't normally bother me at all. The streets are always crowded during the day and it's a nice respite from the normal gridlock. It was a Sunday, March 28th, 2020. I remember the date exactly as it was the day after the state government had issued a shelter-in-place response to the COVID outbreak. Because I worked in the veterinary medical field at an ER hospital, I was deemed essential and my routine carried on as normal. Usually at around 3am, the alarm began making its annoying bonging sound, waking me up from my restful sleep. I started getting ready for work. There were dogs to feed and let out, lunch to be packed and coffee to be made. It was a typical Sunday morning before work. I left at my usual time and noticed that the roads were even quieter than normal. There was virtually no one out besides me and the occasional police vehicle to the point of it being surreal. As I make my way to work on the quiet streets, I came to a divided highway with two lanes of traffic going each way. The speed limit on that road is 45 miles per hour. Not that anyone obeys the law, 
However, it was dark out and frankly I was enjoying having the world to myself, so I was driving the speed limit that day. As I'm driving down the right lane of the road, it barely registers to me, but it seems darker than it normally is at the time. I didn't put that much thought into it that until suddenly, almost like someone placed a thought in my head, I thought a dog was in the road in front of me at the far distance. I squinted my eyes and investigated the darkness in front of me and didn't see anything, so I ignored the thought and continued driving down the right lane. But then the distinct thought that a dog was in the lane before me blasted back into my head. I ignored this warning no longer and it quickly merged to the left lane. Just as I accomplished this, I looked at the right of the road. A man was walking steadily down the middle of the street, right towards me. As I passed him going 40 miles per hour in the lane to his left, I looked over and he looked at me. He just continued his slow and steady walk down the road. My first thought was to thank God that I did not hit him. Then I became so grateful that I paid attention to the voice in my head. But then I realized how strange the situation was. There are sidewalks and frontage roads off this road. Plenty of places to walk and not be in the way. Why would he be walking down in the middle of the road in the highway? Why did I keep thinking that a dog was on the road when I saw nothing? I kept glancing back in my rear view mirror as I continued to drive and saw no one. It was as if he just faded away or perhaps was entirely shrouded by the strange and new eerie darkness. What happened next was entirely out of character for me. I usually think about situations like this repeatedly, meditating on them, dwelling if you will. But as I kept driving, the whole event just faded out of my memory. I can only compare it to a dream when somebody wakes up with a vague recollection of what went down, and then it just wanes away as the day goes by. A couple of days later, I suddenly recalled the incident and began thinking of how strange it was. As I drove to work the following weekend at the same time, I paid careful attention to that section of the highway in particular where I saw the man walking. It immediately struck me that I could see if a figure had been walking there in the distance. The lights from the surrounding businesses and streetlights made it possible. It seemed much lighter that morning, although it was the same time of day with similar weather. Why? Had it been so dark that weekend before? A few months later, I was at work and a client came in and observed that her last name was the same as the name on the road I had been driving down the morning of the strange occurrence. I asked her if she somehow was related to that road. She told me that her in-laws used to own the land where the road was built. I casually, jokingly told her I saw a ghost on that road or something else extraordinary. She immediately became very interested. She told me that her mother-in-law had stories of strange events on that property before it was sold. I'm not sure who that man was that night. I have no idea why it was so dark or why the whole occurrence faded after it occurred. I continue to be grateful to whoever warned me to pull over and help me not hit that person. Deep down inside though, I knew that some good versus evil was occurring that morning and I was being put to the spiritual test. And although I don't understand any of it, I'm glad I listened to that voice. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true road trip horror stories that will freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button like it owes you money as it helps out this video grow a ton. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications as I upload brand new videos almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share and potentially hear in a future episode on the Swamp Dweller channel, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or r slash thedarkswamp on Reddit. You can even send it into the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I know it's always hard to pick one, but these were some really interesting stories and I had a lot of fun sharing them. Much love to my friend Interscare for reading story number two. If you enjoyed their voice, be sure to check out their channel as they upload scary stories all the time. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this without you guys, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.